Welcome. This is William Evans, and you're listening to A Living World Story. Another conversation with Art Good Times, poet, basket weaver, Colorado Green Party, San Miguel County Commissioner, and Western Slope Poet Laureate. Welcome again, Art. Oh, thank you so much, Will. We'd like to continue our conversation today and focus it on your teacher, Dolores LaChapelle, a powder skier. If you don't mind, let me start, before you ask questions, let me start with a poem, a short poem here. It's called Second Cancer in a Time of COVID. Wow. How am I? I'm asked. And unmasked, I tell them, I'm having a great time dying. I think Dolores was the person who has helped me understand the relationship between life and death. And so... Uh, that's kind of the, the central learning, I think, to say why Dolores has been so important in my life. Wow, that's a dimension that that is really uh, timely and uh, deeply profound. And say it again, Art. <laughs> Second, Second cancer. Cancer in a time of COVID. How am I? And unmasked, I tell them. I'm having a great time dying. And I have been. It's been a, I was really prepared to leave when I got the uh, prostate cancer, um, a very aggressive one, right after I'd uh, gotten over uh, toe cancer. So um, it's, it's, it's really wonderful to have been with people who have died and to, uh, in both cases, both my dad and my wife, I got to sing them into the mystery. And, Golly, that was so powerful. It was beautiful and terrible and so informative and so sad all at the same time. I'm going to bring in the opening words out of uh, Dolores' book, Sacred Land, and ask you to comment. The end of this anomaly, this temporary industrial growth society, does not mean the end of human life. Rather, it means returning to real living, living in responsible relationship with all the beings of your place, human and non-human. You know, that that's so powerful. I mean, first of all, uh, Cavalloy was uh, the one who's posited industrial growth society as the name, whether it's capitalist or communist or whatever kind of totalitarian system or supposedly liberal free system you have, you're really dealing with an industrial growth energy. Um, I always like to say capitalism is a Ponzi scheme because it, it takes eternal growth. If you stop growing, you die. It isn't really a sustainable kind of system, uh, unless you have unlimited resources. And of course, now we're moving out from our planet to other uh, asteroids or planets to try and get more resources uh, as the way we look at the world. But Dolores was really she always focused on the Paleolithic to understand that as the uh, humus ludens or homo sapiens, whatever you want to call uh, us humans, uh, the, our particular species of human, we've been around for a couple hundred thousand years, maybe 300,000 years even. Uh, it's hard to say exactly, but for most of that 200,000 years or 300,000 years, uh, we have been in relationship to the world around us in a deep relationship. We can idealize it as perfect. It wasn't, of course not. It, but it was 
a relationship that we had to deal with. We were forced to. We've been able, because of our various things, the Dolores brings uh, an, an ethnography of uh, social change uh, with the Enlightenment, with the Renaissance, with the industrial uh, system that, that came into effect uh, with engines and horsepower and uh, all of the inventions that the West actually got from China. There's a wonderful, wonderful book about all the inventions that we think of as Western, uh, when actually, I think, all but the auger were, were actually invented in China and brought back to Europe, where they didn't have a Taoist or a totalitarian energy as they did in the empire back in, in China and Japan, to modify these inventions and to limit them. I mean, it was like gunpowder was, was discovered by uh, in, in Japan in, in, in hundreds of years uh, before it was used because the, the emperor wouldn't allow its use. And so they were able to contain, because of their culture, they were able to contain the deadly uh, power that was uh, implicit in gunpowder, which led to so many, you know, which leads to the Ukraine, I mean, in a direct line. But those are all things, Dolores always said, don't trust the wisdom literature of the last 8,000 years. <laughs> and, and, I, and I know I know that goes against everything and everybody. I mean, you talk about Jew, you talk about, you know, Arab, you talk about Christian, whatever you're talking about, the Kabbalah, any of that, mystery, Rosicrucians, whatever. You go beyond that. You go back to the 182,000 uh, years or whatever that... Uh, have been in relationship to the world around us, that animist kind of viewpoint. And so we developed cultures that spoke in various ways to the, the spirit beings that they saw in the clouds, the spirit beings that they felt in the rocks. Uh, you know, we tend to think of that as, as anthropomorphic kind of imagining fantasy. But no, no, these were real persons. No, they weren't human, but they, were, they had their identity and their own their own understanding of the world that they shared, if you listen. The hard, the listening to a rock is not something we do. Listening to a tree is something only a few of us do. I mean, there are many, many ways to be in the world, and the last 8,000 years have taken us in the direction that Dolores outlines in Sacred Land, Sacred Sex, Rapture of the Deep. What she talks about there is the history of how that got to be in this culture that we live in, that we're embedded in, that, that we're all part of. I mean, I'm a, I'm a poor capitalist, but I'm a capitalist because I'm embedded in it, whether I want to be or not. But her, her wisdom was to say, let's look back 100,000 years, 10,000 years, and, and, and see how we lived 10,000 years ago, and see what was good about that. And then can we marry that? Uh, like like Richard Brodigan, let the deer and the computers, you know, travel the same meadows. Come on, we need to we need to to lean on the indigenous wisdom, as is so well shown in Robin Wall Kimmerer's braiding sweetgrass. She is a scientist. She understands the scientific method. She believes in it, but she's also an indigenous elder, and she also believes in spirit. And so she's able to marry those two and to show us how. We can take the wisdom of 10,000 years ago and apply it to our, our world today, bring us back into balance so that we aren't, as the Hopi say, out of balance. Yeah. 
And having grown up here and had a life, a generation essentially behind Dolores, but having done a lot of the same things and many years of enjoying the ski powder, I understand what she went through personally because when she connected with the snow on the mountain, there was a blurring of boundaries. She was playing. And she was dancing with the terrain, and (laughs) it wasn't a contest. It wasn't a contest, and it was interesting the way she spoke of it. And, you know, uh, it was one of my—we all have uh, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Eric Erickson really showed me that in uh, Childhood and Society, one of the seminal books in my world. Uh, how you know it's not so much good and bad. It's we have strengths and weaknesses. I didn't ski, and so I was never able to experience powder snow like Dolores was. I went skiing with her, but I I'm not a good skier at all. So what she would say was that it wasn't that she skied powder; is that the mountain took her down, that the mountain skied her, that the powder you fell into the line and it took you down with it. You just let go and release your control to the mountain. And so her, her, her philosophy, if there was one, was the way of the mountain. But she wasn't, she didn't claim to be a guru or a philosopher. She said she was an information freak. <laughs> and I love that about her. She was. Her, her book is really not a polished uh, a tome in any sense of the word. It crosses so many boundaries. We've made all these these, these wisdom boundaries in, in our knowledge, in our sciencia, uh, our science, as, as we say. Um, we, we've divided, you know, ethnography, by autobiography, philosophy, manifesto, cookbook, prayer book. We, we name all these genre things that we try to separate, and Dolores was all about putting it back together again. You know, I've always thought of creativity in three ways. This is the way it was taught to me. The first way of creativity is perception. You have to see something. If you don't see it, you, you can't relate to it. You, you have no relationship. So you certainly can't be creative uh, and, and deal with it in any creative way if you don't really perceive it. And I think of our culture as not being very perceptive, of having these narrow, narrow uh, viewpoints, because we've narrowed our, we put on the blinders of civilization, uh, like our draft horses, so that we can only see the way ahead. Whereas Dolores open, took off those blinders and could see on all sides, could see all the way around. And she would see behind her as well as ahead of her. And so she would look at what happened in the past 10,000 years ago, not just the last 8,000 years that we have records of. I love that viewpoint. I love the way she took us full bore and brought it all together and made us understand and listen to everything. So for me, Dolores's book has become really powerful, although... You know, powder skiing was an example she gave of mountain climbing was another example she gave of where the mountain took you over. The way of the mountain took you over. And if you've, I, I've climbed, I've climbed solo, I've climbed without ropes, I've, I've climbed things very dangerous with great exposure. And, and I'm not a great climber, I'm not a great skier, but all you have to do, I'm, I'm not even a great poet, I, all you have to do in your life is do, make a practice of what you love. That's play. That's what's important. That's what makes us most human. Well, and it keeps us kind of centered with what's going on from our perspective. And in a, in a world of 
tremendous information inundation and manipulation. You've got to keep track of who you are and how you're doing to maintain your balance. Oh, it's so true, Will. You know, um, uh, one, uh, one, uh, one of the things I, I discovered about my environmental colleagues, and, and uh, you know, I was Earth First Poetry Editor for 10 years, and I've been with the Radical Environmental Movement. Uh, Dave Foreman is a friend. I know these people, and I know what it means to be a warrior uh, on behalf of Mother Earth, if that's the way you want to look at the world. I think of, I think of uh, the Earth not in so much as a feminine entity. I think of the Earth as us. I think of it as we. I think of myself as the Earth. I think of myself as the trees. I think of myself as the rocks around here. When you look at the world, and I think of myself as this, this phone I'm talking into, these wires, these neurons of the, of the planet that tie us together, that store information, that bring uh, news to each other, that help us understand where we are and where we're going. I Being in that kind of relationship, full relationship with the human, the more than human, that has been so wonderful. And I don't think I ever, ever would have understood that. You know, back uh, in, when I lived in San Francisco, I went to a conference. It was called the Left-Right Conference, W-R-I-T-E. And, and it, was a, it was a room in Noe Valley there in San Francisco, room uh, full. One side was all uh, Marxist-Leninists talking about uh, social change and justice and all these good things. And then on the other side was personal liberation is saying, you know, gays and lesbians say, wait a minute, you, you, you can have all these great ideas about society, but if you don't treat each other uh, with respect for our differences, then, you know, you're not going anywhere. And, 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 I, and I, I resonated with, with that side of the, of the hall as well. But there were, there were a few of us in the back of the room just saying, well, where does the earth fit into this? I mean, we're talking about us, but we're not talking about us in the big us. We're talking about the little us, the, the species us. And we're not talking about the us that we see from the moon when we look backwards. And so when, when, I, when I ran into Dolores, I got a grounding in what she called deep ecology. But, you know, deep ecology, is, which was a name invented by a Norwegian philosopher that she uh, really respected, and, I, and I, it was in relationship to shallow ecology, which wanted to save and preserve, but Deep ecology was like a deeper look at what it means to be in relationship to the Earth. And when you really look back, it's no different than what we termed animism. So it's a fancy new name, uh, a new look, a, a, a new branding for a very, very old concept. One that, again, I think has lots to teach us. Is it the way forward alone? No, we, we can't go back. Is it the way forward together with? Yes, I think it really is. It really is a marriage of sun and moon. This is KDNK, and you're listening to a second conversation with Art Good Times about ways of celebrating our connection with the earth, the connection between personal health and wild lands. Dolores found ways to cross the boundary between wildness and civilization, and she was running back and forth all the time like a child. Well, you know, I only knew Dolores when she was a crone. She was a, a, a marvelous woman of her 60s with incredible wisdom, and I met her at, a, at her first gathering. We called them Round River Rendezvous, and I actually made the arrangements on the Incompagre Plateau to, 
to bring the Earth First uh, gathering here um, to uh, uh, to the Western Slope. And uh, it was there that I met Dolores. Uh, she was living in Silverton, and I was living over the range in uh, in Norwood, uh, just uh, outside of uh, Telluride. And so when I met her, I, I, oh my gosh, I started following her around like a groupie with my notebook out taking notes because I'm a writer. And, and everything she said was incredible. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. And so I, I developed and became her friend and, and learned a lot from her. And actually, everything that I did, what I learned was that uh, one of the major things I learned, it isn't about uh, culture, isn't really in society, isn't really about building infrastructure. As we see in the Ukraine, the infrastructure can be destroyed, but you, it's really hard to destroy a people. It's hard to destroy the relationships um, among Ukrainian people, among their neighbors, among the world now. I mean, we all feel Ukrainian to some degree at this point in time, at least in the West, uh, in the information we've received and uh, the people that we, we know. So it being able to feel this connection to all uh, of creation uh, was a grounding that we didn't have when we only looked at the social materialist relationships of, of Marxist-Leninism. And, it, and, and it, when we look at the self-focused kind of energy of personal liberation, uh, that's so important, but at the same time, only part of the big picture. When, when we look at all those things together uh, with the natural world we're in and the climate as it changes all the time and as it's changing rapidly now because of our, our, some of our actions, again, uh, when we're in relationship to all of these things, if we could find a way, and Dolores gives us some, some, some suggestions, if we could find a way to uh, return to balance and move ahead uh, in balance. Uh, what, what the Navajo people here, the Diné, called uh, the beauty way. And I, I asked, the, I asked them, uh, I, I remember I asked them, uh, uh, the Cheetah Pueblo gals that was at a, a anti-nuclear conference with uh, early on when I moved to Colorado in the 80s. And I asked them, well, what's this beauty way they're always talking about? I, I don't understand. And this, this young woman, she knelt down in the dirt. And right away, I was entranced. And uh, using the dirt as her blackboard, she drew a circle. And inside that circle, she said, was all the light. And, of course, immediately I thought of all my friends at Crestone with their, you know, triangle hats and whatever, uh, totally absorbed in being fully enlightened. Uh, and she said, on the outside of that circle is all the dark. And the beauty way is walking that circle between the light and the dark. Oh, that's lovely. I can get a sense of what Dolores was like when she was younger from what she writes, but I also <laughs> see it in Katrina Blair. Oh, my gosh. Of course, Katrina, the Blair family and Dolores were dear friends, and uh, we all gathered her ashes in the end together, and... Uh, her dad, Katrina's dad, was an amazing man, a I, I, uh, 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 geomorphologist uh, about not just geology, about the science of rocks and Earth, but also about the change, morphing, the changing of Earth, how Earth changes all the time. So he was a great, great teacher and a wonderful man, and his, her mother as well. Katrina, of course, is a goddess. We adore her. Uh, if anyone carries on in her life, uh, what Dolores meant. Uh, Katrina is one of those people carrying that that flame. I love it uh, for all that she's done for the the Durango uh, community. Uh, uh, I, I love her so much. 
uh, every mushroom festival, she walks to Telluride, about six-day trip, uh, by herself usually, uh, foraging as she goes, eating only the wild things she encounters on the way. A most amazing goddess. Yeah, and she often barefoot for her. She called me. Yep. She called me last summer from somewhere above Timberline, and she said it's it's really a great year up here, and and the berries are just wonderful. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, she feasts. It's not that she starves. It's that she feasts because Katrina is in relationship with the natural world, with with the wild and the weeds. You know, we think of weeds as it's it's so interesting that in the plant world, the very uh, species that do what we do, invade and take over and multiply, are the ones that we uh, rail against, try to poison. And, and instead of killing them and poisoning them and stopping them, Katrina understands that they have their uses and they can be used. And, you know, if you, if you understand the cycling of soil, you can help. Weeds can often repair their Band-Aids for bare soil. The weeds grow fast, and then the natives can take come back and take over many times. It's just we see things for a season or two and think we understand what's going on, and we don't. We're, we're, which is why, which is why elders are so important. Which is why I felt so lucky to only know Dolores when she was a crone. I heard that when she was a young person, she was pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, and we've seen what is alive in her, alive in many programs and interviews we've done with Katrina here. And I I love the mission of the Turtle Lake Refuge to yeah. celebrate the connection between personal health and wild lands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always yeah, crossing that boundary between wildness and and nourishment and politics. Well, you know, it's interesting. We've talked about boundaries a lot. So on both shows, and it's really interesting. I always have been intrigued by the edge effect. And again, it's the biological world that is the uh, theology for me in my life. I look at the biological to better understand what it means uh, to be sacred, to be divine. And in the biological model, uh, uh, it teaches us things that we don't see sometimes with the uh, human fabricated world, which has taken us to the moon. In fact, I, I get it. It's a powerful energy, just like nuclear, but it's a power we don't really understand yet. Well, it's a power we can only hold if we hold a sufficient internal balance and centeredness around celebrating our aliveness in a in a healthy way, which you brought us into that realm in dying that way with your poem. But let me talk a little bit, too, about, uh, you know, dying is, is letting go. One of the things we do throughout our lives is build up our ego structure. I was very insecure. I had a very troubled childhood. My family uh, was full of desertion, abandonment, uh, divorce, uh, anger, violence, all those things that so many of us in uh, America have experienced as youth. And, 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 I, and, I, and I found myself in the position of unscrewing, untwisting uh, the corkscrew that had been uh, my early childhood and trying to find a way to grow straight, to grow into the light, to, to move from twisting into uh, the fair line uh, that's so important 
um, in our lives if we're gonna if we're gonna really be healthy and happy, uh, healthy, happy, holy. I remember there was a yoga a meditation group, uh, healthy, happy, holies, and I and I loved them. They were wonderful, and uh, they helped us understand. Dolores gave us lots of pathways to, uh, and mostly uh, they were the arts. A few other things, but. A lot of them were arts or activities like mountain climbing or, or uh, uh, you know, dr- uh, drumming, but baking, uh, cooking, I mean, sweeping. There, there, are, there are hundreds and hundreds of pathways that can bring us to balance again. I don't think we want to prioritize, and, and, and I think Dolores wouldn't have wanted us to prioritize. When we asked her about the future, when we asked her, she always say, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. We as humans, it's, it, we're, our animal nature is such that our culture is not going to be able to keep us from out, you know, from outproducing ourselves. We're going to die in the glut of our own population numbers. And our, it, it's going to, we're going to get taken down by viruses. I, I know artists who say humans are simply vesicles for viruses. And we're, we're creating more and more vesicles for these viruses that are getting more virulent and are probably going to take the society down before we do with our, our bombs. We don't understand nuclear. We don't understand the standard model. We don't understand the dark matter. So much to be learned. And it's in that way it's very exciting. And 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 there are pathways that we can move to get us in touch and that's exciting. But I think it's it's wrong. And this is what I learned from uh Krishna Murdy. I got to hear him speak once in a big hall with no platform and no roses and no incense, just a bare straight back chair. And he talked for an hour about knowledge, and he said, it is really unwise not to have an understanding, uh, a metal map uh, of the range of possibility in the future. But it is really unwise to expect anything, to expect anything. Rather, one should be open to the moment as it comes, but being savvy enough to understand what might happen. So I think it's really, if you understand death and our dying and our and maybe our species dying, yes, uh, maybe maybe our species will go on, maybe not. It, it, I, the earth will go on until the sun changes it and the sun melts it and, and <laughs> until this, this big bang turns into a big bounce. I mean, it's all such a mystery. And, and, and those of us, like Donna Haraway, with staying with the trouble. Those of us who are comfortable with staying with the trouble, staying with the issues, staying with the mystery, staying with the conflict, and living a happy life as much as we can, as much as we're given. If I was in Ukraine right now, I wouldn't be happy, and I wouldn't be playing. But you know what? That's not where I am. And my compassion reaches out, and I wish there was more that the world could do to change that situation. And yet, in my own life, if I work too hard at worrying about the world in other places, I'm going to make the people around me as uncomfortable as I am. And, I, and that's not what I want to do. I want to go forward with as balanced a path and as playful a path as I can, at the same time staying with all the troubles of the world and, and keeping them as part of me. Thank you, Art. You bet. You've been listening to the second of a series of conversation with Art Good Times. This is Katie and Kay. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.